Hi. I'd like to present an idea. Live outside the pursuit of happiness. There are two traps, I'd say, that lead you to gorge on supernormal stimuli. Overextension and excess. Overextension occurs when you've strained yourself past your tolerance. You're unable to calm or pay attention, and your subconscious takes over, engaging in activities you wouldn't choose mindfully. Excess occurs when you're well-rested, full of energy, but not engaging in anything meaningful or productive, lazing about. You crave fulfillment, and by not attending to this need, are driven to cheap, dopaminergic gratification. This is what it means to be consumed by your own passion. It is the common starting position for those enlisted into the comfort war. See, a great passion will lead you to one of two certain outcomes. It either bolsters your efforts or consumes you entirely. And the comfort warrior has been consumed. To achieve the former, he or she must be willing to become obsessed, and confront their fears. Here, I'd like to go past the first two fundamental methods of the comfort war, the MR and the unconditional rule set, and suggest a variation that specifically targets these traps of excess and overextension. To do this, we'll take the 24-hour day cycle as our level of analysis and implement a pre-dawn and post-dusk MR. Obviously, each of our lives comes with unique constraints that may or may not fit this model. Decide for yourself if this applies. To start, let's look at these terms. Overextension occurs when you require rest and sleep. Excess occurs when you require taking action and enduring difficulty. So in a sense, the post-dusk MR is to extract you out of a state of restlessness and into the embrace of sleep, and the pre-dawn MR is to extract you out of lazy fatigue and into confronting life and potentially pain. The savagery demanded of you, willing to accept hardship, to confront your fears and thrive on stress, to unleash the beast, sort of speak, is congruent with a normal conduct of the pre-dawn MR, self-discovery and the practice of leaving yourself ungratified by cheap stimuli to the point when your ambition erupts and ensues entirely. As for the post-dusk MR, yielding to the clutches of rest and sleep, there's a slightly different angle I'd like for you to consider. Sleep is a strange dynamic, and lately, I'd say we haven't been good at it. We find ourselves awake at night until we're not, and tired in the morning just until the moment we aren't. Supernormal stimuli has had a profound effect in this regard. In the US alone, an estimated 86 million people are literally incapable of performing this basic bodily function, requiring an annual total of $41 billion in sleeping aids and remedies to sleep. Sleep is when we are at our most vulnerable, and it is often associated with death. We're helpless in that state, 
The threat, I'll kill you in your sleep, signifies just that. There's this old religious myth that sleep is equivalent to one-sixtieth of death, and to die in your sleep is often considered the most peaceful way to go. It's remarkable, really, how well we've been able to integrate this fragility as a staple of daily life to the point of seamless reliability. During his time with the Amazonian Paraha tribe, Daniel Everett noted that they took naps of 15 minutes to at most two hours and rarely slept through the night, warning him, don't sleep, there are snakes. If you've ever been able to stop and calmly observe yourself when caught up in one of those zero dark 30 rampages hooked on a stimulated binge, it feels just like that. There's a real fear of letting go, like you're facing death. You know in your hind mind that as soon as you loosen your grip on whatever's keeping you high, you'll have to contend with withdrawal, with pain, with yourself, and with an end of sorts. Often, the prospect of continuing on until an eventual, exhausted collapse followed by troubled half-sleep seems far more appealing. So what do we do here? Well, death is an interesting idea, and it seems somehow inextricable from warrior culture. The cry of Spartan mothers to their sons was famously, come back with your shield, or on it. In Hakagure, Yamamoto Tsunemoto writes, the way of the samurai is found in death, and meditation on inevitable death should be performed daily. Vikings believed that they must achieve a glorious death in battle in order to enter Valhalla, and modern-day troops going out on patrol will often tell you that today's a good day to die. Even those they face find ultimate virtue in their so-called martyrdom. So in a sense, I think of this by daily MR as somewhat of a warrior's ritual. Here's what I mean. In the pre-dawn MR, you invigorate yourself, prepared to confront pain. And in the post-dusk MR, you settle yourself, coming to terms with an end. In the pre-dawn MR, you must be prepared to contend with the inherent suffering life has to offer you. To find a way to live that is meaningful enough so as to not only make life acceptable despite tragedy, but desirable. Maybe this means pursuing happiness, certainly for some, but what is that? Positive emotion? People do bad things all the time living toward that end. Many evils follow the path of congruent living. How else could you so predictably rely on school bullies with good lives to relish in pounding on someone weaker? How else could you bring about entire nations to slaughter others in horrific fashion? Easy targets feel good if you're a coward. How about responsibility as a goal? How about doing what's good and moral? How about if you are of a character so content with the journey itself, you could greet inevitable death with a widespread grin, but lived with a fervent urgency to do right in the world? Consider that during your post-dusk MR.
When people react to the advice, live every day as if it were your last, it always seems to me that they don't get it. It isn't a claim to live diving off cliffs and blowing paychecks on cocaine. Gandhi was among those who said it for crying out loud. It's a miserable proposition. Life offers you a bad deal, but you take it just to see what you could do with it, what you could pull off, to find out how far you can get. It offers you terrible limitations and stacks all the odds against your success. In combat with supernormal stimuli, the conditions are all set up for you to fail, a challenge that will only ever be overcome by single individuals. It offers all this to you as a choice, and you take it. Like that scene in Goodwill Hunting, offered to be beat by a belt, a stick, or a wrench. He chooses the wrench, because fuck you. That's why. Just because the conditions are such that so far you've become an addict? Just because all this time they've been able to entrench you over and over again, deeper and deeper into rock bottom, doesn't make it fate. You have choice. You have desperate willingness. You have a tumultuous passion burning and smoldering within you, just waiting to be unleashed. You reset, willing to re-engage your enemy each and every day, all over again. Grateful, humble, amused by the harsh absoluteness of this reality, willingly accepting its taunting dare. Willing to fight today's fight for today's sake. That is reckless defiance. Because fuck you. That's why. Thank you for listening.